You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everyone, again. Uh, welcome from snowy and cold and beautiful sunny day in Leed, South Dakota at St. Patrick's Catholic Church. I'm Todd Tobin, and I am here with... Father Leo Hausman. All right. Father has uh, been sharing with us uh, uh, some amazing things about his background, but right now we're going to go to uh, Chris Motes. And Chris is a uh, lobbyist for the South Dakota Catholic Conference and our state legislator in South Dakota. And uh, he has done uh, a lot of wonderful and amazing things over the years for our church with our legislative process. And good morning to you, Chris. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Happy to be with you. Well, I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that uh, your commute this morning was safe and without instant in- incident. It was a beautiful day. The sun is shining in Pierre. Super. Um, was there a couple of weeks ago for a fire service-related lobbying thing, and as they say about politics, there's two things that you don't ever want to see, and that is how sausage is made and how politics are done. But uh, we're delighted to see that uh, you're there and helping us go through that cumbersome process. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, uh, some of the incredible technological advances uh, that are currently uh, uh, taking place in our state and, and that impact the Catholic Church in the legislative process? Yeah, I sure can. You know, one of the, one of the trends that we're seeing in politics in recent years, especially as, as the Church is has got some really important things to say about the truth of the human person, is, is trying to navigate our way as a society through, through technological advances and doing our best to discern according to the illumination of, of revelation, but also right reason, just using our minds, trying to discern, you know, how, how is technology at the service of the human person to help us live well, but also how can how can technology degrade the human person and, and what sorts of things might, might really um, degrade our dignity? So it, it, we've seen a couple of things come up this year in our, in our legislature related to gender ideology and using medical techniques to manipulate and alter the human body. There's a bill I'm testifying on later this morning um, uh, pertaining to commercial surrogacy or, where... You know, we separate procreation from its proper place in the natural moral order and, and essentially use a, woman, a third party, a woman, uh, as, a, as a gestational carrier. Um, but, but elsewhere, not, not topics this year, but, you know, just all around us, we can see technology advancing at an incredible pace. You know, people may have heard of, of something, a new technology called CRISPR. Um, it's got a really long... That's an acronym. It's a really long name, but it's essentially a technology that allows scientists in a very easy fashion to alter the genetic make- makeup of any cell, any life form. Um, and it's opening up all, all sorts of un- previously unthinkable things, you know, making genetic combinations of different species, um, making alterations to what they call the germline, meaning to the, uh, that are genetically inheritable down through the ages. And, and so the Church, just because she's been so thoughtful about these sorts of issues for such a long time, she really has a powerful voice um, in the public square when it comes to thinking through technological advances. 
You're listening to Real Presence Live uh, with Chris Motes, who is a lobbyist for our Catholic Church, specifically for the South Dakota Catholic Conference. And he has been talking about some of the technological challenges to the legislative process as uh, with our faith. Um, and we're really glad to hear some of the updates. Chris, this is Father Leo Hausman. And I just was wondering, do you have any thoughts about how the throwaway culture that we live in feeds this problem? Yeah, I do. You know, that, that term, throwaway culture, it was, it was first popularized by Pope Francis in a 2014 speech to the Italian pro-life movement. Um, yeah, and that's where we, we see the harms of, of technological advances really contributing to a degradation of human life. We might think of the ways in which, you know, maybe physician-assisted suicide or in vitro fertilization, you know, they, they really can lead to us a cheapening of, of, of human life. So, for example, um, you know, a recent report on the surrogacy process, uh, it was commissioned by the legislature, by the government in New York, and they found that for every one human being that was born as a result of this process, between three and six human beings lost their lives. So when we're, when we're making life in a laboratory, when we're kind of using technology to play God, it, it creates in us kind of a wanton disregard for human life. Of course, uh, Pope Francis went on to use that term a few more times in his great encyclical uh, Laudato Si, which is a reflection, sometimes it's described as sort of an environmental encyclical, which is correct, but I think it's more correct, um, it's more proper to describe it as his encyclical on creation itself. And of course, human beings, we're the pinnacle of, of, of God's creation, but the great error that, that we're seeing play out in the public square, in our politics, and in society is that we don't want to receive creation as a gift from God, with its own inherent limits um, to what is proper and how we, we use it and, and steward it. We, we, we treat creation as, as essentially something that we are in absolute control of, and we can manipulate according to our own will. So that's, that's the trouble with the throwaway culture, is it when we think we're the masters of everything, that means that anything and everything might be thrown away, even human life. Yeah, that's really scary stuff, and it really makes you wonder where this could lead in the, in, the, in the future. This is Real Presence Live. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We are your hosts, Father Leo Hausman and Todd, Todd Tobin. Our guest is Chris Motz of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, who shares with us the latest from the South Dakota Legislature. Chris, what are some of the problems created by this attitude of playing God? Well, we, we need to think about it not just in terms of, you know, material creation, but there's a, there's a spiritual component to all of reality that we as Catholics know is just fundamental. So if I can, I'd like to just take a, a quick second and go back to the very beginning, to, to the book of Genesis in chapter 3. And the woman, Eve, is having a conversation with the serpent, we'll all remember. Um, and, and Eve tells the serpent... God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. And we know that's a lie. 
so for, it goes on. This is chapter 3, verse 5. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Um, so that's, that's the great danger, is not only are there, there harms that we can see and quantify empirically, but spiritual death is one of the great, is, is the great risk. That's what happened to Adam and Eve when they, when they violated the limits that God had put into creation itself. And, and the great lie of, of Satan was, you will not die. But we, we know, of course, that, that that was a lie. But the reason, the reason it's so dangerous uh, is we can see that in the very next verse, um, verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. It was a delight to her eyes. That's, that's the problem with any sort of sin, is that we want it, right? We want it and we choose it. So, so really, to, to guard against this, um, these, these dangers, both the dangers that we can, harms we can observe, but also the, the, the danger of spiritual death, you know, we we just have to be living really fully alive as as Christians. Yes, and um, Eve's mistake was to enter into a conversation with with Satan, um, and I think in some ways our culture has entered into that conversation with Satan. That's always a very dangerous thing. Um, how is the, this reflected in laws and policies then? You know. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we see a real cheapening of, of human life, where we just don't treat life as the great, as the great, great gift that it is. Um, it, there can be a temptation in the lawmaking process to like to, to just sort of deal with things in the abstract, and and not come to a recognition that um, the the way in which we make law, the laws that we live under, they reflect what we believe as a people. They reflect the consensus that we as a society have about the nature of what is good, uh, the nature of what is true, the nature of what is, is beautiful and, and upright and desirable. Um, so, and, and it's my firm insistence that, that this, this problem that we have it's posed to us by technology, which is not bad in and of itself. Technology isn't. Uh, technology really can be at the service of the human human person. But the, the the problem of of reflecting on what are the proper limits. This isn't a problem that's going to be going away. We we live in a time in which we're there's the consequence of of two 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 big thrusts, if you will. One is the the rapid rapid advance of, of technological capability. And the second is this idea that is very, very prevalent in, in society, that if I want it, that's enough. If I want it, it's good. You know, it's this sort of radical, radical autonomy, unmoored from any moral constraints whatsoever. Um, so we're going to continue to see these themes play out in our politics in the years ahead. Okay. And um, can, briefly, how can people learn more or help to change things? Well, John, seeing John Paul II used to tell people, I can't want for you. You know, he's, he's doing spiritual direction or he's trying to teach. There's got to be a desire in the human heart. 
So <clears throat> I, I think the first thing that people can do is just really say, Lord, teach me, form me, give me the desire that maybe I don't have. This is something that really can be in our, in our prayer life. Um, and, and there are so many great resources out there if you do have the desire. Of course, the Catholic Conference website in South Dakota is sdcatholicconference.org. But specifically on, an, on some of these issues that we've been discussing, the National Catholic Bioethics Center, um, if you just type that into a search engine, you'll find it, National Catholic Bioethics Center, has some amazing resources that, that really help us think with the Church through some of these topics. Okay, great. Um, that's uh, um, good information for us, and and um, so I think that really we all have to get kind of get involved with our our political process to um, kind of head off some of these um, issues that are that are coming up. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, Todd, uh, Chris, <clears throat> and. There's some transgender-related legislation, I understand, as well, that's come before the legislature. Is there any comments that you would have in regards to those? I believe there's one about uh, performing in a library and, and uh, some other things. Yeah. Um, House Bill 1057 was a bill that would have kept physicians from doing anything to a child age 15 and under, uh, either a surgery or, or a chemical pharmaceutical interventions for the purpose of, of changing the child's body. Um, you know, of course, we know I, I should say that bill is effectively dead. It was defeated in a Senate committee, same committee I'm going to be testifying on a surrogacy bill later this morning. Um, you know, this is, this is like such a new topic for us um, societally, and, and the Church does have really clear, consistent teaching that, that our maleness and our femaleness is a gift given from God. You know, we recognize that there's some real suffering for people that, that have distress concerning, you know, emotional distress concerning their understanding of their own sex. And these are people that, 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 that we can not only pray for, but accompany, uh, help them to, to know that they're just, they're, they're so loved. But it, um, it, it can be a dangerous, it's what the Church refers to as gender ideology, and it can be a dangerous idea to have prevalent within society because, of course, the young, um, our task as, as parents, as educators, as pastors, as adults, is, is to help form the, form the young in virtue, to help them uh, know that they are loved, and to help them learn to give love as, as the Lord wishes them to. You know, that's what they are made, that's what we, are, we all were made for as humans. To give and receive love, and that's that's what's so dangerous about these uh, about mutilations to a young person's body who's struggling with their sex is that it it, it a part of how we give love is through our body. You know, we learn this in St. John Paul II's theology of the body. So to, to mutilate our body um, is not just an offense against um, our, our own self, but an offense against the common good. Insofar as it impacts our ability to give and receive love. You are listening to Real Presence Live. It is 44 minutes after the hour. I am Todd Tobin, and I am here today with my co-host, Father Leo Hausman. And we are talking with Chris Motes. Uh, Chris, there may be uh, Catholics out there, many of us that do not know the extent of the uh, lobbying efforts <clears throat> that are done. 
on the uh, with for the Catholic Church, and maybe you could talk a little bit about just the general activities that you do. And for those that have never participated in the legislative lobbying process at a state capital, it is very uh, it's very interesting. And maybe you could talk a little about that. Well, it is a fascinating process. Uh, the South Dakota Catholic Conference uh, represents. We have two dioceses in South Dakota, and um, you know we're awaiting a new bishop out in Rapid City since uh, the reassignment of Bishop Bruce last summer. We just received a new bishop in Sioux Falls um, just a couple weeks ago. And the, a Catholic conference works for the bishops of any given state on matters of public policy, most typically. Um, most of the states in our region uh, do have a Catholic conference. All of the states bordering South Dakota uh, have one, Minnesota, North Dakota, Montana. Wyoming is a one-diocese state, but there is a, uh, there is a person assigned to do public policy for the, for the one bishop. Nebraska and Iowa all have Catholic conferences. And it's just, it's, we often have a twofold purpose of not only representing the bishops before governmental bodies, the governor, the legislature, but also really serving as a resource to, to lay Catholics, providing ways for them to get involved, keeping them informed on what's happening in the political process, and, and serving as a, an organization that really promotes faithful citizenship, um, this conception that our country really needs us to, to be the soul of society and to bring our faith uh, fully alive into the public square. And that's um, it's amazing the process, and, and <clears throat> you know there is legislators are often. Um, um, torn as they have so many different uh, topics coming at them as to where and what to go it's it's vital that we get them that information do you have any uh, particular tactics that you prefer to use as far as bringing that information and in, in sort of the 30 second elevator pitch fashion do you have any tips for those that uh, if they ever do that uh, uh, how they might go about presenting a fact filled uh, comment in a very short period of time better than i just did my question <laughs> Well, you know, being being an articulate spokesperson for a particular issue is really important. And uh, in, in that sense, it's really important that, that we deeply study the issues and not just say the Church teaches this, so gotcha, but really understand what is the deep reasoning. You know, our, our faith is deeply reasonable. It's rational. And there's there's like this profound logic that undergirds everything. So if we can really articulate the reasons that say commercial surrogacy is wrong, that's going to make us a better advocate, and it's going to help us with that 30-second speech. We're going to be able to say, you know, it commodifies women and children, it, it, it particularly exploits poor women, it uh, is susceptible to eugenics, and, um, and creates an environment in which uh, life is, 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 is treated want, wantonly. Um, and I, I do also encourage people that that 30-second elevator speech, relationships are so important. So if, if a person can have a relationship with their legislator that precedes that conversation, you know, I, I encourage people be in contact regularly via email or, or even in person. That's great. We have about a minute left with you, Chris. Uh, would you share a little about what uh, your experience was? How did you become a lobbyist to bring our important issues to the legislative process in our state of South Dakota? Sure. Um, well, the, the short version is that um, out of high school and college, um, I just had this deep sense of patriotism and really wanted to serve my country. So I, I joined the Marines and served as a Marine officer for five years on active duty. 
Um, and then I went, got out and went to law school, and I practiced law in a rural area for four years. Um, but there was this really kind of this nagging thing at my heart that I really wanted to be directly working for the good of my country and at the service of the Church. As the Lord's providence would, would have it, you know, this, the job that I currently hold, which I love, is, is, is really brings those two things together, that the Church has got some really important things to say for the good of our country, and, and our country's hungry for them. Our country needs to hear them. So when we say them, it's, it's out of love for our fellow countrymen. Well, thank you not only for your service to our country, but for your ministry to the Church. It is certainly a, a unique ministry, and we are really grateful that you uh, have been willing to, to call the um, to answer the call to Christ to, to help us and such. We have been talking with Chris Motes, and we're going to go to break here momentarily. Uh, and thank you so much for your time today, Chris. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Coming up next, uh, we'll take a few moments to pray for your personal intentions during Prayerfully Yours. Uh, Here we can grow deeper in our love and appreciation for the Eucharist. Uh, Deacon James Keating joins us, and we'll talk about the beauty of this gift. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Real Presence live here shortly. Todd Tobin is my name. My co-host this morning is Father Leo Hausman. And we are in Leeds, South Dakota, in the beautiful Black Hills at St. Patrick's Catholic Church. So we are grateful to be here this morning, and um, we will continue our discussion with this uh, amazing thing called the Catholic faith here uh, after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 